Welcome to the Rock Church Audio Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us today. Rock Church is located on Harrison Avenue between Mulford and Perryville Roads in Rockford, Illinois. Now let's join Pastor Jared with today's message. Would you turn with me to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3? We're coming to uh, look at a, a letter written by Paul that many scholars believe was his first letter. <laughs> uh, he's writing to a church that is uh, very um, mindful and very curious about the day and the hour that they are living in and what does it mean and what is it moving towards. And as we look at verses 11 through 13, we see a prayer that Paul is praying for them right in the middle of the book. So he's bringing many great truths to them. And then literally as he's stopping, he, 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 he begins to, he transitions from instruction to prayer. And here's this prayer, verse 11. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. He's just simply saying, I pray that I can come back to you. That's the desire of my heart. But before that can happen, in verse 12, he says, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you. And here's the reason. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with all of His saints. And may God add His blessing to the reading of His Word. And the Word that we just looked at brings a very clear focus to us this morning. It can be summed up in, in the phrase that is kind of found right in the middle of verse 12. And it's this phrase, increasing and abounding in love. He's saying, I want to come to you because I love you. And, 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 and I want you to know this, that, that, that as I anticipate my return, my prayer for you is that you would abound and you would increase in love. In other words, he's saying, you know what, church? I know you. I know you are a loving church, but when I come to you and I put my eyes upon you again in the flesh, my prayer is that I would see a greater love in you because that is a work that Christ does in His people. In His people. It's a love that is not just an emotion, or a feeling, but rather, it is a work of God. In fact, that is, that is the, the point that differentiates biblical love from the love that we are familiar with within the world. The world teaches us that love is a feeling, love is an emotion, love is conditional, love is tied to the receiving of something as a way to prove it. 
And Paul is saying to us as the church that 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 notion of love needs to be torn down because there is a love that is found in Christ that is not attached to a feeling, that is not attached to an emotion, but it is a work of God that is within us. And it's not conditional. It's not a feeling. You know, but rather, it is something that is done within the heart. That is able to be untouched and unmoved. Because it is only found in the one who saves us. Now, I want to give you a, a story today. It's a true story. And I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to help us connect with this notion of love that Paul is talking about. It's a story about um, a lady, a woman named Clara Gant. There wasn't a, a very unusual military funeral in California in December of 2013. Sergeant First Class Joseph Gant, who fought in both World War II and the Korean War, was laid to rest. He had been captured in Korea in 1950 and died the following year, but his body never returned for many years and his death was never confirmed by the North Koreans. His wife, Clara, waited for decades for her husband to come home. She regularly went to meetings with government officials seeking information about what had happened. And, and, and Clara even bought a house and had it professionally landscaped so that when Joseph came home, all he would have to do was go fishing. She was 94 years old when his remains were finally brought home for a military funeral with full honors. It wasn't the homecoming she had dreamed of, but she finally knew his fate. Clara told a reporter who, who interviewed her, he told me if anything happened to him, he wanted me to remarry. And I told him no. And here I am today, still his wife. And I'm going to remain his wife until the day the Lord calls me home. See, Clara Gant lived out what Paul is affirming in our text. That love is not conditional, but rather, it is a work of Christ within us. A work that does not remain the same, but one that is able to increase and abound no matter what. Clara. At the age of 94, as she lays her husband to rest, is able to declare, I still love him 
with a covenant love, and that will not change. That is what Paul is praying for us in a spiritual sense when he says, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all. I want to break this down for just a second because there is a hunger and a vision that should overtake us as when we comprehend those words. And it is a, a redefinition of love, but, but it is also an assignment for how we are to live. How we are to live out the days that God gives us. And I pray that today our hearts would grow and increase and there would be a greater vision and hunger for what Paul is bringing to us. Because as Paul shares those words, increase and abound, he's sharing with us language that is over the top. It's not ordinary language. The word increase means more than enough. Not just filling up the cup, but filling up the cup until it overflows, which is exactly what the word abound means. It means abundance that goes beyond the need. So in other words, Paul is praying this, may God give you a love that is beyond measure. <laughs> beyond measure. And may we have a hunger and a vision for that today in our own lives. And as we relate to one another. So why is it important for this to be a value in our lives? That love would increase and abound. I'll share a general truth here and then break it down in a couple of practical ways. And, 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 and the answer to the why is this. The increase of love is essential for growth. You see, for the believer, there, there, there is no growth outside of love. Because love is the foundation for all of the things that we grow in in God. Love is what keeps them pure. Love is what keeps them focused. Love becomes the motivation to, to move into and to express the things that God does within us. We can grow in knowledge, but without love, knowledge can simply become pride. We can grow in our capability to do things, but when, when love is not the motive to do those things for the right reason, we are not experiencing growth. So we need to begin to see love as that thing that transforms the motivation behind the reason we do all that we do. And we need to understand that when we have love as a motivation... We walk closest to God. When we are set to 
esteem love as the highest priority, our, our hearts are the most aligned to God's heart. And the reason for that is this, love is the most like God of all human experiences. Look at the scriptures, 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God, and he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So when we, when we live out love, we are walking closest to God, and, 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 and that assignment is one that places a, a, a priority on people, because God loved people. He loved the world that He gave. And the love that should increase within us is a love for people and not just the people of God, but Paul says all people. All people. Every tongue and every tribe. Every persuasion. And even those with different convictions. Because as biblical love is established within our hearts, what happens is love moves from being conditional to unconditional. Because that is the love that Paul is talking about here. Agape. Unconditional. A love that flows from the heart of God to us. That changes us so that we can love like Him. Now here's the tension with that reality. God is the perfect image of love. He, he, he is the example. He can do nothing but love because it is his virtue and his character. So all that God does in us and for us is motivated by that. And then we begin to process that and we begin to think things like, well, you know what? If, if we truly love unconditional, then we are becoming Light on sin. Right? Sometimes you hear this. We're, uh, we're, 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 we're becoming too grace-filled. And we're not, uh, we're not pointing out the things that, uh, that, 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 are, that are not honoring to God. And here's where we need to live. And the space that we need to live in. You need to understand that God's love transforms so that people don't want to sin and that He does a better job of pointing out the wrongs and transforming them than we do. So that's not to say that you're never going to have a moment with a brother or a sister where you've got to have a difficult conversation. But when you do that, you lead with love. Speak the truth in love. Love covers, the scriptures say. And it, it is this leading with love that puts us in a position to not have relationship fractured and torn apart. Because in the middle of the difficulty and the challenge and the spotlight being shined on the thing that needs to be transformed, Love is what draws hearts together as opposed to pulling them apart. Because you and I can each say, we've been in that place and God has helped us. 
the church needs to occupy that space again. Believers need to engage in that way again. Philippians 2, verses 1 through 3. Let me give that to you and we're going to figure out how to get in all that we need to get in here. We'll put it up on the screen. Philippians 2, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded having the same love. Being of one accord and of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but for the interests of others. See, here is a way that we can... Uh, recognize the transforming power of love at work in our own hearts it causes us to put aside our own preferences and to put others first to put others first it's already mentioned i've just been in kind of a reminiscing mood since Yesterday afternoon, thinking about Marie and others, <laughs> and uh, many of you know that um, Marie and Elsie Carlson were really close when Elsie was still with us. Like they would often sit together back there, and Elsie went home to be with the Lord a few years ago. I think it's been already, but I'll never forget really like the first time I was able to uh, to really share some extended time with Elsie, and um, it was Christmas, nineteen ninety-eight. And I remember that because um, over the summer of 98, I finished my internship. And then in September and October of 98, the church board said, you know what? We want to bring you on staff. So this is my first Christmas on staff. And we went to do a visit. And uh, I'm sitting at um, Elsie's kitchen table. And she had prepared some cookies and we sat down, and uh, out of her loving heart that was filled with hospitality, she poured me a cup of black coffee, trucker coffee, strong stuff. <laughs> and uh, I've moved to a place in my life now where, you know, I drink a cup of coffee in the morning. And I don't really enjoy it, but I do it to get me going. And uh, in 1998, I was not a coffee drinker. 
and I had a dilemma on my hands. This act of grace, <laughs> you know, was I going to be gracious? <laughs> and I was uh, um, joined in that meeting with uh, Brad Bounds, who was our youth pastor at the time, and he knew I wasn't a coffee drinker. So I watched him kind of push his chair back a step, and he just, he just kind of leaned back, and I was like, I'm going to watch this. And I looked at him, and he's like, yeah, you got a dilemma on your hands as he's drinking his coffee very joyfully. Elsie would turn away, <laughs> grab the cream, pour some cream in <laughs> to dilute it, take a sip. She'd turn away, got through it, drank the cup of coffee, had a great time with Elsie. And then uh, after that meeting, she found out I wasn't a coffee drinker. And she apologized and was just gracious like Elsie was. And I said, Elsie, I said, don't worry about it. I said, it's fine. But here's a takeaway from that. You know, in that moment, on a very small scale, receiving the gift was a higher value than everything. Like Paul says in Philippians, you know, we put others before ourselves. Had to demonstrate that that day. And then Elsie demonstrated another truth. And it's this love and truth are linked. And they're inseparable. Because the next year when I came, she had a cup of coffee waiting for me. And when I drank it, it wasn't coffee, it was Coca-Cola. And I knew that I had a special place in Elsie's heart. Because if you knew Elsie, you knew that she liked to joke around and have fun. And she had it that day. And Elsie just filled a very special place in my life because she met me in the middle of the center aisle on a Sunday after my last grandmother passed away. And she said, Pastor Jared, I want to be your adopted grandma. Sacrificial love defined by truth and sacrifice that is Christ-like. And when the love of God is our motivation, simple things become profound. And when we put others first, we are demonstrating the kind of love that Jesus demonstrated on the cross. It was sacrificial and not self-seeking. And when we find our salvation there, we gain a revelation of what divine love looks like. And I think that's really the reminder that the Lord wants for us today on this Valentine's Day. You know, the Lord loves us unconditionally. 
You know, but when we go our own way or we do our own thing, he grieves over that because he wants close relationship with you. He wants you to experience the power of his love and the blessings that only come from him and his promises that are true and the protection and the covering that come from being underneath the shadow of his wings. And the only natural response when we receive those things is to endeavor to love like He loves and to give away the love that we have received from Him. And Paul says, Church in Thessalonica, you've been doing that. But I pray that between now and the time I come back to you, I pray that you'll be doing it more, increasingly, and abounding. Let's close with this thought. We show that we are His when our attitudes and our actions are loving and sacrificial like His. And I don't know kind of what that looks like for all of us because the reality is as we process that thought for ourselves, it looks different. It looks different. But I pray today that we would not be intimidated by the prospects of, of walking in greater love because of what it might cost us. But I pray today that we would find a joy and a hunger and a vision and a hope and a desire and an expectation that is rooted in how God wants that love to not only be at work in us, but to be given away by us. Does that connect today? Do you feel the Spirit of God talking to you today? I know you do. And I just believe the Lord would say, you know, we're not being reminded of this today as a way to be pushed away or to be pushed down. But he's sharing this with us today that we would be brought in. thinking today and going into church I was like I was just trying to think of the things that 
that just kind of come to my mind when I think of God's love. And here's what came to mind. I thought of the Father looking out at the horizon every day saying, I hope that today is the day my son comes over that horizon and takes another step home. I thought of our Savior who prayed and wept in the garden and said, if this cup could be taken from me, please take it, but not my will, but yours be done. And then the scriptures say that the reason for that response, for the joy that was set before him, that was motivated by a love that said, my sacrifice is going to set people free. It's going to give them life in this world and in the life to come. Lord, I just pray today that you would give us a new vision for your love. Lord, I pray that the, the, the reality and the truth of your unconditional love would settle into us again today. Lord, that we cannot come on our own merit. We cannot earn your favor. So, Lord, I pray that we would all, both here and at home, just come to this place again where we are not striving, but we are just receiving. We're receiving. So, Lord, fill us today with the truth of your word that reveals your love and fill us today, Lord God, with a vision of the fact that you are a good father. And I pray, Lord God, that um, for all who are hearing your word today, May there just be not only this fresh sense of, a, of abundance and overflow, may there be new assignment. Lord, ways that we can live out your love. Ways that we can give it away. that we can demonstrate it, Lord, through the words that we speak, the ways that we respond. So, Lord, we pray for you to help us. Now, I 
just want you to just kind of have a personal moment with the Lord. I'm going to move from listening now to just communicating with the Lord. God is speaking to you, I just, I encourage you to, to write it down. Provided space on the back of the bulletin. You can do it there or any way that you are able to, but as the Lord speaks, record His words. person or a circumstance or something. And he's just kind of calling you to pour out his love into the middle of it. So Lord, as we as we document, Lord, your word to us. I pray, Father, that we would um, we would know your grace in living it out. And I pray that you would seal it within our hearts and minds, and may it not be like the seed that was scattered, Lord, that germinated quickly, but wilted under the sun, or was robbed by the birds, but Lord, let it find good soil to grow in. May it, Lord God, just be um, a moment where you're drawing us in deeper, more closely now and throughout the days and weeks to come. So, Lord, I just pray your grace and your peace upon your people. I pray that you would watch over us and keep us. I pray that you would return us home safely and very soon. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to just conclude the service by giving God the glory. So would you stand with me? Pastor Marty, we're going to go back to the doxology. You know, we sung that a couple of weeks ago for a few weeks. And I don't know if the words are going to be on the screen or not. But you're going to pick it up very quickly. And uh, let's just give God glory through song as we prepare to go. So lead us, Pastor Marty. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him.
love you all. Have a wonderful afternoon. Encourage one another as you go today. And may you know the grace and the peace of our Lord until we meet again. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We hope this has been a blessing in your life, and we look forward to having you joining us in person for a service soon. Our service times are Thursday nights at 7 o'clock and two services on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. God bless you.